This episode was recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome to Stories That Stir. This is the podcast release of our first live event for 2023. Before we get into the storytelling, I wanted to share my vision for Stories That Stir and how you can come along for the ride. I created Stories That Stir to break down barriers, stir conversation and inspire positive change. I get lots of feedback from both audience members and people like you listening to the stories on this podcast, telling me how helpful listening to the stories has been in dealing with their own life struggles. People also tell me how it's helped them become more understanding about what other people are going through. I'm thrilled that Stories That Stir is making a significant impact on people's lives. And it's because of this feedback that I'm now focusing my energy on developing the global Stories That Stir movement. My plan is to see these storytelling events all around the world in order to facilitate a revolution of human connection. And now to our story. We have one last speaker for you and um, is the lucky last and he's, uh, yeah, he's a good So John Owen is the CEO and pastor of Wayside Chapel and John believes that it's dangerous to say never, believes that life is too short to play it safe. So he starts a lot of stuff that he doesn't necessarily finish them all, but he has a lot of fun along the way. He can't sing, he can't dance, apparently he has no coordination. But by the way, I'm not saying this, he's saying that. <laughs> Although I did see him on the dance floor recently, just jokes. Um, so he can't wait to perform in this year's Mardi Gras parade as the chapel uh, celebrates with the LGBTQIA plus community this Pride um, month. So please welcome to the stage, John Owen. Hey, thanks everyone. It's <coughs> what an amazing night. It's been fantastic. I'm, uh, it's weird that they've got a pastor to go last, right? So I feel like saying let's all stand together and say the Lord's Prayer or something. It's, uh, now I've heard some weird things uh, being preached from platforms, but one of my favourites and the first time I ever got. Do anyone, anyone here ever get six of the best? Do you know what that is? Yeah, six of the best. That's my dad's favourite move, and uh, which means if you're naughty, you'd just be threatened with getting smacks. And so when we get home, you're going to get six. I think the pastor at church once said, uh, you don't have souls, you assholes. And, um, <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing. So that was my first time I got six of the best there. <coughs> and uh, no, I can't dance, and um, I feel the need after Abby to apologise for my pants. Um, they're not, not that flash. Uh, the only person I've met on a dance floor is a bouncer, right? So that's me. That's my life. Um, look, uh, you've heard a lot of stories, uh, and I think there's a lot of power in those stories. I think we're all here because we want to hear stories because we have stories too and that we want to make this world a better place. And so there's a lot of energy and a lot of power in your story, and please, I would urge you to connect with it and to not discount it. Uh, you know, I have the most uh, un... Extra, I have a, a very ordinary story and uh, yet it's through the belief of people in me that things have been able to happen through me and in spite of uh, me trying to shut it all down. You know, I uh, uh, was first 
uh, aware that I was very different. And I think that's the common theme that we hear in many of these stories is we all feel like we don't belong and that we don't fit. You know, I was raised in a beautiful household with three beautiful sisters, Shimona, Shamala and Shobana, and then I was John. (laughs) They ran out of inspiration (laughs) clearly somewhere along that journey. And... (laughs) uh, when I, when I got the, the job at Wayside, it was uh, such an honour and such a privilege uh, that uh, when I was first announced, the, um, but Graham, the, my predecessor, stood up and said, this guy's amazing, he's one in a million. And that was meant to be a compliment, but because I'm Indian, that's a threat, right? <laughs> uh, that's what Grandma used to say to me, you know, don't think you're special. <laughs> we can end you, there's plenty more like you where you came from. And I guess it's that feeling of not feeling special that kind of drives many of us in life, isn't it? And so, uh, but I was always kind of feeling on the outer. Like, I, all my three sisters have all finished um, uh, the AMASA in music, and they've one studied at the College of the Arts, and they can all sing in beautiful harmonies. And I sound like a foghorn through this kind of storm. And yet, in my role, I'm the only one who has to publicly sing every damn week. So, you know, the, the universe throws these little curveballs and jokes at you. And, uh, but I was uh, following the standard path for a, an Indian migrant son's boy. Um, you know, when, when I went on that path, though, I, John Owen, I, I thought, let's find out who we are. So I did the Ancestry.com, and it turns out that's a Welsh surname. I think we're Welsh, but we're terrible navigators, right? We <laughs> must have ended up somewhere in India and Sri Lanka. It was our love of tea or something. And, uh, but we, we ended up here in Australia and, and quite different. Uh, you know, when I'd say, Dad, they keep teasing me for being black at school, they'd say, don't worry, son, just call them milky bars. You know, it, <laughs> didn't work no still got bashed up that's <laughs> oh dear why am I saying this well I think we did needed to uh, have a bit of fun here tonight as well to end the night because it, it, it has been a good night and I hope there's some inspiration that you'll take home from everything but uh, I eventually got all the way up to uni the good Indian boy you know I mum filled out my university preference card because uh, uh, that's how we do it and and then um, I, I didn't know what course I was doing. I just turned up to university <laughs> and uh, it was engineering. Fantastic. So there we go. And we got to, uh, I got to the final year. I had one year to go and, and there was this, uh, they used to have great public debates in universities a few decades ago. And uh, one guy just stood up in this public forum and he said, come on, you've all made it in life, right? You're in university in Australia, right? Um, so just take off one year of your life and go and give it away in the service of others. And I thought, I can do that. You know, I hate what I'm studying, but I know I can do it. Um, maths is not that hard, uh, you know, when you're Indian. So <laughs> then it was through that, I thought, and everyone who's, who goes, yes, I'm going to go volunteer somewhere, they all signed up to go overseas. But, you know, I'm a migrant to this country, and I thought, what I'd really like to do is give back uh, to the country that's taken us in. Uh, I was born in Malaysia and um, we, we were very lucky. Dad came here so we could get a good education. So, you know, most of them went off and got went to countries where they had brought back photos with brown babies with snotty noses. And I thought, I want to go and hold a white baby with a snotty nose <laughs> and take a photo. So I went off, 
down the road and said, I'm going to save the world and uh, got involved running a couple of youth clubs and said, I'm going I'm to change that world. It's, you know, I got it by the tail and I'm going to shake it and make a difference. And uh, I, was, uh, I was the world's greatest youth worker in my own opinion uh, because at the end of the night, uh, all these kids, we, uh, I found uh, this organisation that not only worked in a, a really... Um, a disadvantaged neighbourhood, disadvantaged for a whole range of reasons. Let's not go into that. But um, there, there was a, we started uh, running a youth club there and why I knew I was the greatest youth worker was at the end of the night, every kid would want to be dropped off last. Uh, and so that was... <laughs> and then one night I was really grumpy and the kid, one kid still asked to be dropped off last and I thought, that's probably because he's not enamoured with my company. Right? And so I asked him, I said, mate, why is it, why is it that you want to be dropped off last all the time? Why do you get to me at the start of the night and say, make sure I'm last home? And he, he just looked at me and said, John, the reason is the later you can drop me off, the greater the chances that dad has drunk himself to sleep tonight. If that happens, then I'm smooth sailing. I get to go to sleep tonight. And it really woke me up to the reality that there's another world out there, that there's another world that we can be involved with. I was still pretty selfish at the time, so I was still pretty self-driven, saying I'm still going to change the world and got involved with um, people who were seeking asylum and uh, at the time, and it's sadly still an issue to this day. And so we um, were also running a youth group. I've only got one move, right? You just run youth clubs. And... We got to near Christmas and we kind of do... If you've ever been involved in a youth group, they're really weird things, right? Where you get kids to, like, run around for two or three hours a night and then you fill them full of sugar at the end of the night and right at the end of the night you say, sit still. <laughs> right? We're going to give you some moral lesson. And um, it was just Christmas, so we kind of just stood around and said, what, what's, who's going to do what? Um, who wants what? What's your Christmas wish? And this one young girl just kind of stood up and she was 12 years old at the time and she uh, kind of moved forward and she said, my Christmas wish. And at the time, uh, being uh, still with an insecure visa in this country, there were always rumours of being deported and at that time, being deported to her country was a, was a brutal end, uh, would have been a brutal end for a 12-year-old child. Um, and she was taking that fear to bed every night and she looked and said, my wish is that um, we're not deported because I'm not ready to die. And that was kind of that moment, that, that story that stirred me. And all of a sudden it stopped being about me changing the world and it centred me and it said, instead of... Whoa, hello. <laughs> uh, there we <laughs> Instead of it being about me changing the world, right? It's about me being the right kind of person that can walk alongside and fight for this young girl and her community. You know, when we're looking for purpose and passion, you don't need to Google, you don't need to do tests, you don't need to do anything other than live your life. The universe is going to place those opportunities in front of you. The only difference is some people are awake to them and other people are not. You know, we say at Wayside that the words we use create our worlds. Right, And so, you know, Bruce Coburn said, I'm going to kick the darkness till it bleeds daylight. And I love that. And that's a great song. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's not going to get us there. I, I prefer the Indian activist and author Arundhati Roy that says a new world is on her way. You know, and on a quiet morning I can hear her breathe. And so our task is to breathe 
with the new world that's emerging. You know, and that's our challenge because we all want to make poverty history, but we can do that if we make it personal through our own lives, through our own experiences. You know, instead of just trying to do carbon copies of everything. So, you know, I, I don't like the word inspiration because inspiration means you hear something great and you breathe in and then you hope you can copy them, right? I'd rather conspired, which means to be breathed with, right? I hope you hear these stories and you can breathe with them and that can connect in your heart somehow and that you will live your lives in ways that will create great and beautiful things in this world that you can be a part of not bringing in and kicking it open but nurturing to life. You know, that angry anti-energy that often drives many of us into this, it's a dirty fuel and it will burn your engine out. You know, so often with that young girl, it was a 10-year journey from that point. A 10-year journey before her, she, her and her community were granted permanent visas to live in this country. And uh, the people that were fueled by the angry energy, I hate the government, I hate, a, I, hate um, I just want to stick my boots into whatever political party or persuasion it was, they soon burnt out. But those of us who were in relationship with people of the, in that community... Every time we were tempted to go too far, to go to that point of burnout, I would always say, I cannot give up on her. I cannot give up on that young girl. And I will not give up. And I will not burn out. So that was what brought us back. We were in relationship together. And that's what got us through. And we were able to celebrate together at the end of it. You know, we, my, my, my big, if I've got any take out, is to just live your life. And to let the... Because the beautiful thing is living in this city. We will meet people from all walks of life. And we don't need to sit there and hope we got the right score on the BuzzFeed quiz that tells us, you know, what kind of life we're going to live. It's happening right before us, right at this moment. And, and you get to be a part of that too. And, you know, there's no predetermined uh, kind of template for that. So um, I guess that's all I just wanted to share with you. And so go on into the world and go and live your lives. Good on you. Good. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. I don't know what you did to the mic, but it was obviously very impressed. <laughs> I'm looking for one million people to join the global Stories That Stir movement so that we can impact millions. So if you resonate with the Stories That Stir mission to facilitate a revolution of human connection, the link is in the episode notes or just go to patreon.com and search for Stories That Stir. I would love for you to join the movement because we all know what the world needs now more than ever before is a feeling of connection with each other. I look forward to going on this journey with you. And if you haven't already, follow our social pages for some great highlights from our nights.